You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. I am Heather Carroll. And I'm Marcus Ashlock. And we are hosts this morning for Real Presence Live. Thank you for joining us. We've had a great morning Mm -hmm. already. The first hour was a lot about different vocations. Mm -hmm. So let's keep the trend going, shall we? I think so. (laughs) We've got Deacon Tom in studio in Fargo. Thank you, Deacon Rob Tom, for joining us this morning. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Have you gotten used to being called Deacon yet? No, that that was a little <laughs> trick, but I tell you what, um, um, as you get going, everybody has, without a doubt, just transitioned to that really easy, much more than I have. I <laughs> much think. more than you have. <laughs> yeah, I'm still, you know, still they call that name, and you're looking, who are they talking to type yeah. thing, you know. So. You're talking to me? <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly who name, right. So. Who would name their kid Deacon? Yeah. Well, tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, Deacon. Well, thanks, Heather. Yeah, um, I'm a Minnesota boy. I grew up right across the river from the studio here in Fargo over in Moorhead. I'm a north side guy. I grew up kind of by Matson Field, uh, did my elementary education, all public school, by the way, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, graduated from Moorhead High in 1980, and that's where I met my beautiful wife, Karen. And we started dating in high school, ultimately got married, and then I rolled into uh, Concordia College for a little bit, and that did not bode well for myself. I wasn't a real academic guy, so um, <laughs> when I wanted to, you know, as, as things go on, you, you, you want to get married, but you also need money, so I, <laughs> I uh, enlisted in the Air Force, and it turned out to be one of the best things that ever happened hmm. to me, so that was in 1981. I Ultimately ended up serving 30 years active duty in the United States Air Force. I was fortunate enough to be able to fly on many different systems. So it was a great thing for me. But then there was always that urge when you have family back at home. We spent most of our time south of the Mason-Dixon in Florida and Virginia in that area. And then we came back because our folks were still here. And we said, you know, let's get back to where they are and enjoy some time with them. So in 2010, 2011, we transitioned back here and um, settled down, and I got hired on at St. Joseph's as the, in Moorhead as the maintenance director, which oh. was a, a, a amazing, amazing gift. And from there, I, you know, the environment and type things, and uh, it was a, a good thing. And I forgot I did have three children. We have, <laughs> you know, as I got talking, I, and they're all down yeah. south, um, some in Georgia. I got um, Arizona, and I got South Carolina. Huh. And so seven, what was... Go what ahead. was your um, faith life up to this point? You know, and that, that's part of kind of like that whole conversion story of mine. Uh, my wife was the rock in this type of thing. She made sure everything was going. I was the guy that showed up, and I'm a convert. So mm-hmm. for the first few years of our marriage, we did the, let's go to my church, and then we'll go to Mass. And we did that for many years because Karen was going to leave the Catholic faith. And mm-hmm. so then I said strictly... Um, you know, if anybody's going to do it, I'll do it. And I converted in 1985 hmm. over, and um, it was, um, I was one of those Catholics that I showed up every week. I did the uh, bare minimum type things, and uh, and then ultimately what worked out for me was I made my curseo in uh, oh. 2012. And that was just, it just rocked my world. I mean, I had never been a, near a tabernacle. I had been one of those guys that did one or two reconciliations and never really had a, a, a hard, intimate prayer life with Jesus. 
And in 2012, bang, it all hit me. And So what is a Curcio weekend, for those that don't know? The Curcio weekend is a gathering of men and women to, um, it's called a, a short retreat. It's a, it's a short Christian journey, and there's a series of talks and witnesses to guide us in our faith life to bring us closer to Jesus as a community. And then to bring that out and evangelize and, and bring others into the movement. It, it started a... Down in the southern United States and has moved, obviously, it's worldwide now and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's been just such an impact for me that it, 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 I, I, I just can't thank God enough for giving me the opportunity to, to attend that, that event. And it just grew, made me grow so much closer to Jesus and my love for my wife, my community, my family. And it's just hmm. a joy. Hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, and, and you hear that time and time again um, at Curcio. Uh, weekends happen all over our mm-hmm. listening areas. So you're up in the Crookston area. I know we've got some down here in the Sioux Falls area. So mm-hmm. if you're interested, um, I'm just going to do a little plug for Curcio. <laughs> Please, do. Please um, do. You know, it, just look it up in your area because they are all over and they're offering weekends. And mm. um, time and time again on the radio, we've heard people just rave about it. And so it had a big impact with you, Deacon Tom. Oh, yes. Um, Mm-hmm. And so after you went on the Curcio, what did your faith like look like after well, that? Well, at that point, then it was, I, I started actually reading scripture, something I had never really done before either. I had, I, I started delving into things, and I tell you what, we had the DVD series out there from Lighthouse Media, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I would start listening to all the people, several of the, the, the hosts that you have on RPR, and I'd start listening to them and, and gleaming what I could out of that, and it just... I started going to adoration. I started to pray. I started to um, just develop that relationship as as mm-hmm. as a friend with Jesus. And 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 you know, I I, I still have difficulty because I don't listen real well. But I, I try to sit in adoration <laughs> and and try to have Jesus talk to me and talk to my heart. And mm-hmm. and I'm still a work in progress on that. But it just has made everything so joyful in my life. I just can't express the happiness that I have as I walk around and and you know. And and the big message that came out of the Curcio for me when I was sitting there after a couple talks, I go, if Jesus can love somebody like me and the things Mm. I have done in my past, boy, I don't want to miss the boat on that. That's Mm. a a beautiful thing. And and I want other people to know that. That's the big thing, you know, that Jesus is out there and it's not something that we can't. Every one of us can go out and and have this relationship and, and love. Yeah, kind of like that prodigal son. There you go. Parable, you know. No oh. matter how far you've fallen away, God's always has His arms open and ready for you to come back to Him. You bet. What a beautiful story, and that's exactly mm-hmm. it. And so many of us have lived that through our lives. Mm-hmm. That just, you know, and we're always welcome. God's love never ends. We're always welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, when did you first feel? So that was 2012, right? 2012, it's, correct. So mm-hmm. ten years ago. Correct. And now you're a deacon. Could you ever have seen that? <laughs> no, you know, um, no, I didn't. I, I, I'd sit there and I'd attend Mass and I'd attend daily Mass and different services and I'd see the, the deacon assisting with the Mass with our, our, our wonderful priests that we have and, and celebrating the, the Eucharist celebration. And, and I'm just sitting there going, boy. And then Deacon Bill Boitler, who unfortunately has passed away here a couple, three years ago, had kind of planted a seed in my head. He said, have you ever thought about being in the diaconate? And I, yeah, right. No, not really. And, and you know, ah, shucks type thing and walk yeah. away. You Ooh, know, me? And, exactly. There you go. <laughs> what, what am I? I can't be one of those, you know. And, right. 
And then, um, then a little while later, Deacon Tom Sarar, who's a, 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 in the diocese, he said, "Hey, Rob, have you ever thought about being a deacon?" Well, eh. and then we had what's called a look and see. And um, I went to that in Detroit Lakes, and um, a few of the clergy came through and spoke about what the vocation is and how it, uh, uh, what the process is, and to, to pray about. So I took it to prayer with my wife, and I took it to prayer with myself, and talked to some friends and neighbors, and I thought, man, let me give it a try. And five and a half years later, that, uh, you know, ended up in ordination. Hmm. Wow. And just like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no work at all. Just yeah, you know. <laughs> it, and it was just like I said, without the support. But you know, Deacon Bill and 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 Deacon Tom and other deacons in our church, Deacon Mark and and Paul mm-hmm. and LM. You just see them and you go, boy, these guys have something special. They have a joy. And if I can use this position to bring joy to those around me and and preach God's love, boy, why not? And, and let me try it. And if it's God's will, it'll happen. And if it's not, yeah. you know what? We'll press on, you know, yeah. and, and, and stuff. We can still and, talk about God's love, you know. Mm-hmm. And what's the, what's the pathway once you decide to enter mm-hmm. in to becoming a deacon? What, what happens from that point to ordination? What's okay, it look yeah, like? Yeah, good question. Yeah, we, we enter a period of, of, of aspirancy. Where you're, you're, you're praying, you bring it to prayer, you, you talk, and you discern. So it's a discernment phase, and you bring it through that. And then um, if you still feel the call and it's God's will to press forward, you go to the next level, which actually you enter into the formation. And um, there's several steps along the way. You know, you have uh, uh, um, you get the, the right of lectory, the right of accolade, and, and then you get ordained ultimately. But there's mm-hmm. a... There's a period of training in between there that, of course, mm-hmm. you do the formation part, which encompasses a bunch of pillars. You have uh, spiritual growth, you have human growth, and you have academics, which is all mm-hmm. part of the, the thing. And it's not, it's not an easy thing, but it's not a duf- difficult thing with the help of God. Mm. I love it. Well, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Deacon Rob Tom. He is out of the Diocese of Kirkston, newly ordained to the permanent diaconate, and he's just sharing with us his journey to the diaconate and um, how he started out just checking boxes, and now he is uh, helping us lead the church. So, pretty exciting there, Deacon. Um, Thanks, yeah. So, you were just ordained on June 11th. Correct. And uh, so what was that day like for you? Oh, it was just beautiful. It was the most amazing thing that has happened in a long time. And, and the thing that I tell people that it was almost at times, obviously, the Holy Orders piece, but it was like deja vu because it reminded me of my wedding. <laughs> I mean, oh. you, you, you processed in, you had your loved ones with you, you went up, there was one. And then, you know, but there is nothing, nothing in the world when the bishop lays his hands on you in silent prayer that you just... You know, I don't know if your feet ever touched the ground. Hmm. You know, it's just a beautiful memory that I'll always cherish. Well, folks, we're talking with Deacon Rob Tom from Crookston, the Diocese of Crookston. Uh, we are going to take a quick break, Deacon, but will you stick with us through the break? Thank you. I would. Yeah, all right. We're going to have more Real Presence Live and Deacon Rob Tom right after this. Stay with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers vision therapy services for children and adults. Symptoms of poor reading comprehension, headaches, tired eyes, and poor coordination can be indicators of eye movement conditions which affect reading and learning. Eye movement disorders are often undetected by school vision screenings and regular eye exams. For more information about how vision therapy can help treat these conditions, our website is www.lumen.vision. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Marcus Ashlock. And we are your hosts this morning broadcasting from the Mustard Seed here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. My favorite little back room in Sioux Falls. (laughs) Right. The storage area. <laughs> the storage area of the mustard seed. But my mom runs the store. It makes it nice, good internet connection. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm picky. But we have uh, Deacon Rob Tome on the line from the Diocese of Crookston. He's up in our Fargo studios. Just hopped over the border there and uh, is joining us live talking about um, becoming a deacon. Uh, so thanks for joining us, Deacon. Oh, I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. It's been a joy having you on in the first 15 minutes, but it went by very quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, so you talked about your journey from A to B and then B to C. So what were some of the challenges in your formation that you experienced? Oh, yeah. One of the, one of the big ones, because I had alluded to earlier, not really the sharpest tool in the drawer. So I was a little worried about <laughs> the academic side. Sure. And, and uh, that really wasn't that big a deal i mean it was it was nothing that anybody couldn't couldn't do i i like to think of myself as mr joe average and so if i can mm-hmm. get through it pretty much anybody can on that um but for me it wasn't so much the 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 uh foundational type stuff it was more of a personal side because you know there was a big decision for me during discernment that i had to make with my wife because when we had left florida we have all our children down south 
the idea was we would come back for a little bit and and she would give me a little time and we would relocate back down there near the kids mm. and the grandchildren. Well, obviously, when you become get in formation and you become ordained, you have a little bit of a commitment here for a few years because we're serving the bishop of the diocese of Crookston, and so that was something we had to discuss. We had to take to prayer. We had to. To think about pretty hard. So that was my biggest challenge was, Hmm. am I being fair to my wife or am I, you know, is God's will really pulling me? So there was a little bit of a thought there. And then um, I found that the academic side just fell in line. So the biggest thing for me was a personal tug as opposed to a foundational type thing. So in the future, once you feel like that you've been a deacon in the diocese there in Crookston for long enough, mm-hmm. is there a process to be transferred if you want to move back down to Florida? Is that you just transfer to another de- right. diocese? Right. The way I understand that there is, and that's that's in conversation you'll have with your your particular bishop, and that's mm-hmm. and I'm sure they'll look at the the events surrounding it and what kind of scenario plays in, into it and and i'm sure it's a discussion you have and there is a possibility to relocate on as far oh, okay. as how, what the specifics are i'm unsure but i know that it would start with the bishop gotcha hmm. okay so when um you're thinking about becoming a deacon you mentioned your wife how mm-hmm. much does a wife play a role in you becoming a deacon oh my goodness they are <laughs> it, it is most of it. I mean, and, and we kind of chuckle tongue-in-cheek to ourselves that the wife holds all the cards. But really, um, and for a good reason they do, they, it's, it's there because it's not just only your vocation. You take your mm-hmm. wife with you on this journey, and it's it's part and parcel because, you know, they have to be there to support you, and, and, mm-hmm. and they do. And, and they have to approve what you're doing because it, it, you don't want to have that conflict where you're doing one thing for the good of what we feel the people in the parish, but you're, at home it's not working so well. So you got to be kind of in lockstep. So the wife is a crucial part of this in, in, in that sense. And the other side of it is it's just good to have them. She's the sounding board for you. You know, I have mm-hmm. this assign, I have this paper. How does this sound? Oh, you left out this, you left out that. And, and they're a great resource to have. And then the other thing is they're just there as your prayer partner. And, and, and that's sure. just a beautiful thing. So anything the deacon does, it's, it's in lockstep with his wife, I like to think, if you mm-hmm. happen to be um, married. Yeah, because it is asking a lot more of mm-hmm. a person. Um, a lot of deacons, and I don't know about uh, you, Deacon Rob, but a lot of deacons have full-time jobs. You bet. Um, mm-hmm. That they do, and then they are also serving as deacons. So it takes up a lot of your time. Um, so having the wife's support is essential. Mm-hmm. You bet, and, and that's right. And also having the support of I'm fortunate. I also have a full-time job. I work. I, I moved from the maintenance director at St. Joe's. I, I was fortunate and blessed to be chosen as the parish administrator um, back in December. So I work in there, and I tell you what, Father Vincent and Father Nate are so wonderful. If you, you know, the balance between the job, family, and and ministries is is a, not an easy thing at times too. You're you're trying to mm. keep three plates and spinning in the air and and, <laughs> right. and um, you know and hope they don't fall and break. So they are essential, and they're also great sounding boards. You can come in and say, "Hey, mm-hmm. Father, what do you think about this?" And you know, and and it's a it's a relationship that you truly treasure. Now, were you assigned to your home parish, or did they move you to another parish? I was fortunate. I was assigned to my home parish. Um, so um, when we went in, and uh, 
Friday before ordination, the night before ordination, you will be hand a package, and it's almost like an assignment package we had in the military. It has some of your credentials and bona fides, and it'll be in there, the parish you are assigned to, and mine was St. Joseph's in Moorhead, which I was very, very happy and and. Yeah, to have been selected for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. every diocese does it a little bit different, so that that was quite lucky. Yeah. What if mm-hmm. um, so? Talk about um, after ordination. What have been some of your blessings? Um, just this first month being a deacon. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> I mean, my feet still haven't touched the ground. You kind of float around, and it, it's it's and you just can't. You just smile. I mean, you you, you got to be happy and joyful. But I tell you, the blessings have been. Uh, the graces that have flowed out, I mean, uh, I like to sum it up in the relationships. I mean, you talk out, I see my, my family in the pews sitting in there, I see my friends in the pews sitting there, and, and you just laugh and you smile and you're happy. They're happy for you, you're happy for them. Um, the, the, the clergy support is amazing. We just had a great event up in uh, Bagley, a golf tournament for clergy, and the bishop showed, and the priest showed, and the deacon showed. And it's just a good mm. fellowship and a nice environment. And you just see the love of God, and you see the love of each other in, as clergy, you know, flows out of that. And it's, it's mm. so, for me, it has been the relationships have just been solidified across the board. And, and everything you, every encounter I have been has been something that has been positive i mean uh, the outflowing of prayers the outflowing of gifts the outflowing of just the kind word is, mm-hmm. is good and, what was it like giving your first homily you got to do that yet <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah that was that was a little scary and that's a funny story i was sharing earlier um you know we happened to get ordained june 11 june 12th was a uh, feast of the holy trinity so that's not an easy one and so no. so we had gone <laughs> through explain a pro- the trinity <laughs> Yeah, in seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And we sat there, and um, so I did it. I wrote the homily, and I had a lot of instruction from Deacon Mark Creechy because... Uh, oh, great I'm not, one. I'm, exactly. I'm not, like I said, I'm not really a scholar, so I had that, and we, we struggled through, and I came up with what I felt God was speaking in my heart, and mm. and I tell you, I'm sitting there that first Mass, and you're nervous. You think it's easy sitting up there, a couple things to do, but your head is spinning, and you're nervous, and... So I walked up to proclaim the gospel, and as I'm sitting at the ambo, I got done proclaiming the gospel, and I just said, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of us, your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. As I'm grabbing my homily, and I set it up on the the book of the gospel, and the heart's beating, and I kind of shallow breath, and I look out, and literally the first seven, eight people I see are people I know, and my mind's going, these are my friends. It's like being in my living room. And yeah. poof, mm. and that was it. And the, the fear and the dread just kind of shed off me, and yeah. and it was a talking to them. And and it was just a beautiful experience and, and a calming experience, believe it or not. Beautiful. Wow. So, if some gentleman is out there listening, Deacon, right now, to mm-hmm. speak, uh, and they're thinking about maybe they're being called to the diaconate, what words of encouragement would you give them? Oh, boy. Um I would say take it to prayer. Don't sh- don't just shrug it off like I did for many years. You just kind of look. Just take it seriously. It, it's it's kind of like the Samuel Eli thing. Maybe God is speaking to you. So take that to prayer and drop it in front of Him. And for me, it was adoration and just say, Lord, if this is something you know, let it. Let's press forward together on this thing. And so take it to prayer. Bring it to your if you're married. 
bring it, of course, bring it to your wife and say, dear, this is what we're lo- I'm looking at. What are your thoughts? What do you think the obstacles are? What are the challenges? And, and do that. And then finally, I just say, take it to your family and friends and say, you know, I'm kind of thinking this. I'd appreciate your prayers during this time. And then enter the, and go ahead and, and, and apply through your diocese and, 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 and attend the formation and, and start through it. And don't feel bad or don't feel slighted if you don't make it through because that's mm-hmm. the purpose of aspirancy and discernment is, right. is this for me? So take it to prayer, take it to your wife, take it to your friends and family. Well, and just because you show up that first day, you're not mm-hmm. you're not cemented into the process. It's exactly, a, yeah. and, and and don't feel locked in, and don't feel the pressure of well, so and so was this. I need to be that. No, you mm-hmm. don't. This is between you, God, and and how what His plan is for you. Well, and I keep hearing you say that you're not, um, you know. An academic. An academic. <laughs> and I'm just like, but that is so perfect, Deacon, <laughs> right. because well, we you. need we need everybody. You know, mm-hmm. we need yeah. all sorts. We need all kinds. And so I love that you're not an academic, because neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm in good company, then. <laughs> you are. Got the, the church needs a little bit of all of us. <laughs> and I think so, and that's, that's what makes it so great, isn't it? Absolutely. Right. Yes, it's just Absolutely. beautiful. What has been your favorite thing that you have done so far, Deacon, as a deacon? We well, only have a minute left. But. Okay, I tell you, I continue. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm fortunate. My ministry, I enjoy doing the, the elderly. So I have a chance oh. at some of the assisted mm. living facilities and, and areas to go and perform communion services when we can't get there for Mass. Beautiful. And I enjoy the time I have with my friends over there at these, these facilities and being able to bring them Jesus and to talk to them a little bit. And it's good practice for my homily, which Lord knows I need a lot. <laughs> and, and and so it's just that to me has been joyful just the interfacing with people i love talking to people and that's been it. the biggest joy of me my beautiful well deacon rob tome thank you so much for joining us and thank you for answering the call oh mm-hmm. thank you heather marcus thank you so much you i bet. appreciate all you've done for us and what you do for us on, through rpr it's- oh oh we lost him did we lose him i don't know how we are lost. we still on the air? Probably. Okay. <laughs> so that was Deacon Rob Tom uh, from the Diocese of Crookston. Uh, we thank you for joining us, and it's just a great witness of um, the diacodent, mm-hmm. which I think is um, something that people are really, um, the church itself is needing more of. Right. You know, our numbers are down, and this is one way that some men can come forward and serve, and I just think it's beautiful. So, Mm -hmm. thank you to Deacon Rob Tome for joining us this morning. When we come back after this break, we're going to have Ken Sims on the phone, and he's going to be talking about ultrasound equipment, which seems kind of Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 